We love baseball. We love family. What could be better than combining the two? Play ball! Welcome to the Baseball Family Podcast, presented by Baseballism, a production of that cast. And now, host Troy and Danae Silva. Baseball Family Podcast. I'm here with my beautiful wife, Danae, and we are going to talk about something today that uh, is kind of close to my heart. It's sad because uh, we just lost a man that impacted my life so much, kind of unknowingly, I guess, in in my college days. Ed Sheff, he was the coach at Lewis Clark State where mm. I played my college ball at, and um, he had just passed away not too long ago. And I thought it'd be good to just kind of come on a podcast and thank him and talk about some of the stuff that I learned through him and from him and some of the stuff that I take today, not only as a baseball coach, but as a parent and try to instill into my kids and my kids that I train and coach and teach. So, um, he was, um, I don't know how old he was, but, um, he was an amazing baseball coach, a legendary baseball coach, like almost 30 national championships, legendary, legendary. If you mention the name Ed Chef to any baseball person that's out there, it instantly turns into a story time festival of like what he did and was this true and was that not true and this and that. So do you remember much of him today? I don't, but I just talked to somebody that said they remember Ed Chef and like a friend. he just kind of ran the town. Was he Lewis in Idaho. Him, yeah. He was mm-hmm. a legend in Lewis and Idaho, um, but it was... Some of the things that he did were, we'll just call it old school, I guess. Um, I can sit here all day and we can probably yes, do a whole podcast. the way you describe him is definitely old school. <laughs> and you, and you the way he remember, treated you guys. Yeah, you remember some of those stories. <laughs> I think we can literally do an hour's worth of stories. And I'm sure I can get former, former teammates and former players that played for him and have like even better stories than the stories that are being told. And the funny thing about the stories from Ed Chef and Lewis Clark State is most of the time... When you hear about a story, like in the past, it's probably exaggerated a ton and people are lying about like what exactly happened and it's over-exaggerated a lot. Yeah. The reality of his stories are probably under-exaggerated, believe it or not. You hear this and you hear that and then you hear what really happened and you're like, no way that happened. You can't believe it. So I can sit here all day on the stories. Maybe we'll get into a, a different time on that, but um, I will tell a couple stories about some different things, but I wanted to... Um, I, I guess address th- some of the things, I guess the three main things that I learned from there. And, and I'll say this as a, as a person that played for him and all my friends that I know that played for him too, at the time of playing for kind of an old school coach, at the time you're playing for him, you don't realize what you're getting. Does that make sense today? Like you don't realize at the time, like this is the important, benefits. the benefits of you're just scared of him, the life lessons and that and, he's crazy. Yeah. You think he's a crazy nut job and you're, you're yeah. like, like in the, in the midst of being there, you're like, I don't like this Why at am all. I here? Why am I here? I want to leave. Yeah. But looking back on things, it was so valuable and so important. And you realize, you know, the, the method, I guess, behind the madness of what happened. But was he a friend on the side at all to any of you? He was, um, off the field. He cared. Um, yeah. I will say that. But he was just this hard-nosed man that knew what he wanted to get done and knew how to win and knew what it took to be a champion at a high, high level. And he had no other way of doing it besides that way. I do know you guys would be recruited into there and then a lot of the team would peace out. (laughs) Yeah, 
there'd be 75, 80 <laughs> kids there. All of a sudden you got 30 left in it yeah. after one day because people just couldn't take the, the toughness part. But the three things are the, what I learned there is mental and physical toughness. Like it, it's, it's one of those things where I didn't realize I needed that at the time, the mental toughness and the physical toughness. Yeah. But it was the most important thing for me um, to learn and to develop. Uh, the other thing is work ethic. He was really big on like getting to work and getting things done and not only work ethic, but training in such a way where it's actually harder than what the game's going to be. I remember doing like hitting BP before games and stuff like that. And I'm like, I do not like this. This is way too hard. Why do I have to hit a hundred miles an hour on my hands in the dark? You know, it's just, but the methods made us all better. And then the last one, probably, uh, and probably the most important thing is the team building team chemistry. You are all in such a, I don't want to call it a cloud, but you're all in such a, the same environment, I guess, that there's no other way but to join together and battle through, you know, spiting what he's trying to tell you to do, basically. So he was a legend, a master at creating team chemistry and getting everybody on the same page of the true goal, which is to win a national championship. There was national championship or nothing. That's basically what it was. So the work ethic, the the mental toughness and the team building team chemistry stuff was three of the top things that I learned there that we, as a, as a coaching staff at Rio Athletics right now, that we basically instill into our players. We just do it in a little bit nicer way than what he would do. Um, some of the stuff that he did, honestly, would probably be in jail today if he did it. <laughs> um, this Some of the stuff that that you hear and some of the stuff that was done would be like, no way he did that. I tell people he hit me in the leg with a fungo and, and they don't believe me like swung. He was hitting ground balls. For some reason, his fungo broke his fungo that he loved broke. So it had a little crack in it. And I came out of around a BP and I did something like popped up or something. And he came and just smacked it over my leg hard and the fungo broke. And I'm just like, this dude is crazy. Um, and he kind of looked at me and just smiled and I'm just like, it's just who he was and what he did. <laughs> Imagine doing that today. What would happen oh, today man. if I hit somebody in the leg with a bat? You know what I mean? So yeah. the stories are unbelievable. There's um, some of the stories. I, I want to talk about a couple of things. So after after you're done playing for him and you realize like what it what it did for your life. And we had conversations um, after we were done playing. So after I was drafted, played pro ball for a while, I'd have conversations with him about, hey, coach, why, why did you do this? And what was the purpose of doing that? And you know, I thought this and thought that, and he would tell me. And one of the ones that was kind of stood out, you remember when I talked to you about the bo boxing smoker that we had to do? So the boxing smoker is basically, a, no. you have to box somebody on your team. Like really. He would have you box them? You Every year, you have to box somebody else on the team. You have full headgear, boxing gloves, real boxing ring, mm. and you go in there and box. And Don't remember the story. Well, you would. And he would pair you up against somebody else that plays your position. And he wanted to basically see how tough you were. And we thought you were basically fighting for your position at the time. So this is one of those things where I'm like, okay, I got this dude, I'm boxing and I'm going to go fight for the position and go show him that it's my position in, in the ring. So there was six weeks of leading up to the boxing smoker where you had to do boxing training, which is the worst training you can ever do. It's crazy. It's hard. Um, and then there was this main event where they called it the smoker where you'd have a walk-up song. You can pick your walk-up song you, you get in there, people are playing like Eye of the Tiger and different things, and you go in there and you'd box. And I'm like, everybody thought that you just did it just because he's trying to make you tough and you basically had to fight for your position. That's basically what it was all about. What's so, the point? exactly. So, after talking to him 
afterwards it totally made, made sense why he did it i'm like okay so what was a real reason for the boxing smoker and he said exactly he goes well you guys think it's just because the fight for your positions and yeah there's some essence oh i want to see how tough you are but he goes the real reason why we did that was to obviously train and develop in a in a kind of a navy seal army type fashion um but then also put your put yourself in an environment where you're not comfortable you're not comfortable at all you're nervous you got to handle the anxiety because you got the whole team like around the, the ring watching you got walk-up music it's televised they're, they're they're taping it like all this stuff's going on and you're you're beyond scared like no one's a boxer like everyone thinks they're a tough guy fighter but once you get in the ring like you're nervous and you're scared so you had to battle the anxiety you had to battle the fear and then you had to battle the the bruises and the did you win did you knock him out no he was way bigger than me he Trent was keys if you're listening good job <laughs> um but you had to you had it was more about like controlling the anxiety and the pressure involved and then battling the fear and being able to compete even when you're super tired and fatigued i don't know if you've ever tried to do a one minute round it's hard like you want to puke it's hard and you had to do three one minute rounds so after talking to him it totally made sense and he goes we did it because when it's the bottom of the ninth inning in the national championship game and you're up that ain't going to be tough for you because mm -hmm. you've battled through other things that are way harder and you have more confidence and you have more, uh, I guess, less fear and anxiety of what could happen. And it was totally true. Hmm. Like we would show up to the field and beat teams before we even played them because we were just mentally and physically tougher. And it's if you ask anybody, that's just the the aura of what LC baseball You can do about. that with your boys I'm trying to if you let me No, your team. <laughs> Yeah, but it's hard in this day and age. Talk to the parents, put them in a boxing ring. Yeah, I'd go to jail and then I won't be able to see my kids. Hey, I'm going to have your kids box each other. Someone <laughs> breaks a nose or throws out a shoulder and then I'm in jail. So, um, but I thought it was genius, honestly, because he got away with a lot. Oh, he got a lot because he ran the whole city. Yeah. You know, and he could do it. And it, it was a proven way to win national championships. And I wish I honestly, don't look at it as a bad thing. No, it was just the way he went about it sometimes. Yeah. It was bad. But if I could do boxing smokers, if I can do the stuff that he did, like like it's helpful for to kids. help your kids you be mentally me tough. For my kids? Sure. Let's go buy a boxing ring right now. You got to have some competitors. So that's exactly some it. Some parents that are going to want to do it. So you had to do that. There's other things that he did for like team building and different things. But there was basically a work ethic that was unprecedented i guess a good word and unmatched to where we would basically do things at such a crazy high level in practice to where the game was just super easy and i remember that that was the one thing i remember is hitting 100 miles an hour in the halfway dark in our annex and then going into a game and seeing a baseball that's 90 at you if it looks like a watermelon so easy to hit and then the the other things are um you know the team chemistry everyone's in the same boat so everyone's there thinking the same thoughts you know, in the same boxing ring, having the same anxiety, the same pressure, and then you you're done with it, and you just feel such a relief and a relief, and it brings everybody together. Really, I mean, we were so tight as a group. It was the, everybody like there was there wasn't anybody you just didn't like. Everybody loved each other. Everybody was in the same kind of situation, and that's just the way it was. And then the the physical toughness and the mental toughness was something that was I think needs to be done more today. And some people will disagree with this, but I think our world kind of super soft, quite honestly. And we, it's changed. It's changed a lot. And we as parents and coaches need to have a little bit of old school toughness with these kids. Like 
it's okay. You got a little boo-boo. You know what I mean? It's it's a little blood. You slid head first. You got some blood on your elbow. Get yeah. up. We don't need a Band-Aid on it. Let's rub some dirt on it and let's be tough. Yep. So I think there's there's some of that that's probably the most important in our culture, culture these days that we have to do as parents and coaches in teaching the youth that's out there is the mental toughness, like learning how to compete at a high level mentally. And then also the physical toughness is as big as I well. think you're at an appropriate age though. You're in college versus like yeah. teaching the little guys. But what is an appropriate age? I think, uh, I think to put them in a ring. No, not to have your kids box, but to like <laughs> teach them like to be tough, you know, like uh, there's so much you to can start with toughness. little things when they're little. Exactly. Yeah. You know, if a kid gets hit by a pitch and it hurts, like it's okay. Run yeah. down to first base. You know, the difference between when someone's really hurt you and do. And when you say it's boo-boo. okay, then they get more confidence and exactly. they're like, all right, I got like, this. I, I know when I see a kid hit his head or something like it, there's, there's a difference between yeah. that and that. Yes, that hurt pretty bad. Suck it up. Yeah. So I think we have to learn that as a culture as well and, and do it out of love really. Cause you care about the development of these kids. Like you said, when you were in the midst of it with him, you couldn't see the big picture. And some of these kids might not mm-hmm. see the big picture when you're talking mm-hmm. to them or blow it off, buddy, mm-hmm. you're fine. Yeah. Or they might be mad at you that night. He doesn't care. He doesn't. Yeah. And that, that ha- that's going to happen. It's yeah. just part of being a coach. You know, the reasons why you're doing things and you know, the importance of the reasons why you do things. Some people won't see it until later, but I've been doing this for almost two decades now. And they usually come back and say, thank you. That meant a lot at the time. I didn't like it, but you were honest and you did this and it helped a lot. And yeah. That's, that's more rewarding than anything else. Cause the reality of the the stuff that he taught is it's, it's it's more about life lessons like the last episode that we did on the life lessons like that's such an important life lessons because life is going to beat you up you will get beat up and you got to learn to compete and battle through situations like i got situations with kids these days right now that we're dealing with that families are split up and they're getting cut from teams and all this stuff's happening in Mentally, life it's hard yeah. we have to be there to really like teach them how to compete and be tough and keep going and not give in, you know? So I think the stuff that he taught was unbelievable. Um, I guess looking back on it in the midst of it, it is rough to deal with, but I also think that kids need that honest, like tough nose type of coach. We need a little bit of old school back in coaching a little bit without demeaning kids and yelling at kids and telling them how bad they are. The old school I'm talking about is the toughness part. Like, let's be tough. Let's yeah. hustle. Let's play hard. Let's, let's play the game at a different level. It doesn't mean you have to be a punk. It doesn't mean you have to swear at a kid or demean them. It just means like, let's go, let's, let's get this thing done. So if I was to take anything away from what he taught, it was those three things. It was the team chemistry stuff. It was the work ethic and it was the mentals and physical toughness stuff that was, it's just sad to see him leave. It really is. Um, but, I guess he made a huge impact. This isn't just me, by the way. This is everyone that I know that played for him. Um, just feels the same way. So just say thank you to Coach Chef for everything that you did and um, just appreciate everything. And hopefully I can take some of what he taught and give it to the kids that I train and build the same legacy that he taught me. Pretty amazing. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. If you want to know more about Ed, I'm sure you can Google him um anywhere he was amazing coach amazing man and uh we just thank you him for everything that he did and hopefully uh we can represent so thank you and please share and like this episode and be ready for some more coming soon god bless make sure you subscribe to the baseball family podcast and give it a rating so others can find it too if you have a passion for the game go to baseballism.com to feed it and learn more about our presenting sponsor 
This podcast is a production of That Cast. If you liked it, find more great content at thatcast.com.